podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your haunted wildcatters, those spooky Bosco boys. The boys are back, and it is time to do our TCU preview. But before we do, we're going to start it off. At least I get to have beer of the pod. Uh, I have the Great Pumpkin from Eliason Brewing Company up in – I think they're up in the Pacific Northwest because I am done for the day. You're just taking a little break from the job. Are you sipping on some orange juice? What was that? I am drinking some orange juice. Um, I would have a beer, but – I'm too hungover from last night, so oh, I, shit. I don't want beer. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, but, yeah, bet on uh, or the Beer of the Pod is presented by Bet Online. You know what? The wait is over. We said it last week, and it's the exact same this week. It's a triple header. The NBA Finals still going. NBA or Major League Baseball playoffs are in full swing. You have college football. You have pro football. You have it all. You might not be able to go to the game, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads to totals, team and player props. Bet Online gives you. More options to wager than any other place. And head over to Bet Online today. Use promo code Armchair. That's right. We got our own promo code now for your awesome welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right. Before we get into Coach Kleiman's press conference, uh, some big news dropped Monday. Uh, I think it was late morning, early afternoon. I even, I even messaged you. I was like, do we need to try to put out an emergency pod? We decided not to. But Coach Kleiman, Signing a contract that now has him, you know, signed off to the Wildcats until 2026. Uh, he has no change in his salary this year. I know some folks were trying to say the optics of it's bad with the pandemic and all that type of stuff, but he still keeps his, uh, you know, salary cuts salary for this year, bumps up to 3.1 next year, 3.5 in 2020, 4 million in uh, 2023 and 4.3 million for rest of the contract. Each year he wins eight games or more and goes to a bowl game. You get an extra year on the back end of the conference uh, at the rate of $4.3 million. K-State would owe, uh, or Kleiman would owe K-State $5 million if he leaves for a new job before 2020. K-State will owe Kleiman 75% of his contract if there's four years left. 67 if they fire him with three and 50% with two years left. So that's the contract, the basics of it. I'm sure there's other fun details that we won't get into on this pod, but I have to ask you uh, when this came through, when this news came out, what was your initial reaction? What are your thoughts on the uh, contract? I mean, I think it's good. I think, um, and it's all based off of, you know, the merit of season one. Um, Sounds like they were wanting to work on this or get this announced in January and it's been postponed all the way till, you know, October because of COVID. So, um, sounds like Gene liked what he saw in season one. And I mean, I think it's appropriate and it's pretty reasonable. Um, it's enough money to, I think, keep him locked down for quite a while. And he seems pretty comfortable in Manhattan, but, um, I, I mean, it's exciting to me. I think, you know, outside of, you know, game one hiccup, I think his trajectory is pretty clearly up. Um, and it's hard for me to see based off of what we've seen with Chris Kleiman and what, everything that he's done with our program, all the positives, um, you know, he's, it's hard to see him deviating from that or it's hard to see the train flying off the tracks anytime soon. So um, what are your thoughts on it? Are you happy? 
Yeah, I'm happy with it. Um, you know, this year remains unchanged. He's still the lowest paid coach in the Big 12. He's still going to be in the bottom realm uh, next year and even the following year until he gets up to that $4 million range. Just makes it so, you know, if a Big 10 school came calling, uh, you know, the, the frameworks there where we could probably match a higher number and maybe ward off some folks. Um, I think the average salary now is going to put him in the top 30. I think he deserves it. Um, there's been some folks um, who have kind of grumbled at, oh, man, like isn't this early for an extension, all that type of stuff. But Coach Kleiman kind of even mentioned it on his press conference when asked about the contract. You know, even above, you know, financial security for him, it's security for when you're recruiting, when you're talking to your own players saying, hey, look, I'm in it for the long haul. K-State trusts me. I trust K-State. So I, I really do think that uh, – you know, that's that's the biggest benefit of it. And now, again, if, I don't know, Purdue or Nebraska or Iowa or like a Big Ten school, because those are the schools I'm afraid of. If a Big Ten school came and tried to be like, hey, I'll give you $5 million a year back when he was only making 2.1 this year, yeah. then all of a sudden, you know, having to go up $3 million. I mean, that's, that's a chunk of change. You're already moving your donors and your revenue streams to cover this. So if it came to it, you're going to be able to match a higher number. So all in all, I like it. Here's my question for you. Do you like the automatic, uh, you know, extender with only eight wins? Um, yeah. I mean, people look at that and they think he's that that's rewarding somebody for mediocrity, but I mean, Eight wins per year, if we could match that, I think that's kind of the goal anyways. If we could flirt around that win total and then every once in a while, you know, every three, four year, put it together and make a run. That's kind of that's kind of the template for K-State anyways. So I don't really have any problem with it. Um, nice little extra motivator. I'd be very happy if we matched eight wins per year and um, were able to challenge every once in a while. I mean, that doesn't bother me at all. No, I agree with you. I just, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I, th I think there's probably some jokes that could be made there, but yeah, I, but. I'm fine with it. And, and again, I like the idea of, okay, hey, here's, here's the automatic extension if you perform instead of having to renegotiate seemingly every offseason. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll get into the press conference uh, now. Um, also, hey, folks, tweet us. If there's anyone who doesn't like that extension, let us know. Let's hear your reason. Let's talk about it on Twitter. Uh, you can't. You got banned from Twitter for a week. I'm uh, currently being rehabilitated. Uh, yeah, you're in Twitter jail. How many times have you have you had a count, an account uh, get put in Twitter jail? Uh, I mean, I only actually – oh, man. I mean, this account alone <laughs> has been, like, a lot. I mean, probably legitimately around eight. I think you're pretty close to that number, but – I mean, every once in a while, I'll get, like, a 12-hour ban for just, like, telling somebody to shut the fuck up or something. But I don't know. They graduated me to a full week, so I must, I must be close to a permanent ban. But let's see if I'm rehabilitated. Let's well, see yeah. if the system uh, gets me, you know, back and ready to mingle with society. We'll find yeah. out. Everyone stay tuned next Monday when Grant can come back to Twitter. So uh, Coach Kleiman, we'll, we'll get into the press conference. He opened up talking about how he appreciated the team. that was They, they were able to battle uh, to get the lead back at the end of that uh, Texas Tech game last week and really continue to heap praise on Texas Tech and his team trying to get that game. I almost felt like it's a little heavy-handed how much he's been talking about Texas Tech and Matt Wells, hopefully to get them ready for their game versus Iowa State. Um, but, you know, he, he, he continued to say how pleased he was with the team making the comeback. Then he said that they needed a great week of practice to even have a chance at beating TCU again. I think Coach Kleiman is great in these interviews. I think he's always trying to say something that might catch, you know, the eyes of, of the team. So I, when, that, when I heard that, it kind of stood out to me. Here's the next one that stood out to me. He said, so far in practice, so this was only Monday, because uh, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon. So far, Skyler did not practice, and it was Will and Nick Ost. For the rest of the week, they're trying to get Skyler back practice reps, but even if he can go, he still wants to continue to get Will and Nick practice reps so they can be available if Skyler can't go on game day. All right, give me a bullshit meter. How, how, how likely do you really think 
it is that Skyler might be taking practice reps at all this week? Um, I don't expect to see Skyler on Saturday. That's for sure. Um, I think he's definitely doing some some mind games here. This is this is no doubt strategic. Him talking, um, and I mean I don't know. I, I would say yeah, the bullshit meter is a solid ten out of ten. But it's smart. I mean he's doing what any smart coach would do is and you know trying to make uh, the preparation for us more difficult by putting that out there that Skyler might be playing. I don't expect him to play. I'm not going to say that I know like a hundred percent, but um, I mean, I think it's going to, I think it's Will Howard time at least uh, this weekend. Um, I mean, what do you think? Do you think there's, yeah. he might be, he might be, you know, taking, I mean, he might be in practice trying to take reps, but maybe towards the second half of the week, but I, I certainly don't think he will play. Against TCU. <laughs> I, I think it's bullshit even saying that he's going to try to go out there and uh, play. I, I Or practice. Because he didn't even practice after the Arkansas State game. He took the entire bye week off. Yeah. Um, there's no chance he is uh, getting any practice reps this week. I would gamble to say I would be shocked if he took any practice reps until uh, – KU week and even that you know yeah I mean you might be telling him just to wait for West Virginia I don't know but we'll continue to move on with it because this is on the quarterback realm he uh, coach said that he was very pleased with how Will was able to come into the game and while he, he thinks that Will would want a couple of those throwbacks he said the confidence in Will is proven by them calling back-to-back third down plays as passing plays instead of running the ball and asking the defense to ice it out and win. I think that uh, he, he has a good point because I'll tell you this, the throw to Chabash and then the ultimate game winner to Deuce, um, both those plays in my head, I was like, all right, you know, run the ball, force Tech to use their final timeout. And uh, if you pick up the first down, awesome. If you don't, you know, send the defense back out there. Uh, but you know they have that confidence in him to do that. Um, in hindsight, hindsight's twenty twenty. But in those third down moments, where you like, all right, let the kids spin the ball and see what happens. I mean, I was certainly torn, but I, I mean, I didn't have the utmost confidence in our defense after watching them just get gashed for twenty one points very quickly. Final um, couple drives, though. The final couple drives. Yeah, I mean. They stepped up when they needed to, but outside of a pretty, I mean, a very timely J-Mac pick, you know, they were driving on that to take the lead once again. So, I mean, I'm going to give Will Howard the benefit of the doubt, though. I mean, and chalk up those early uh, <clears throat> early errant throws to adrenaline, probably. Uh, you could see he did grow into the game more um, with his later, later um throws and they were far more accurate than his early throws and I mean he 100% did throw some strikes when our backs were against the wall you know think about the Briley Moore we had just gone down just lost the lead and he's rolling out of the pocket he hits Briley Moore for 60 yards a lot of that was Briley Moore doing some work after the catch but um, and then the, the third down to Seabass he threw an absolute strike there that was a great timing throw so um, you know hopefully that game experience will help him enter Saturday with a little more poise and a little less uh, of that adrenaline from the get-go. Definitely. Um, he also said that he has not had any conversations with any players uh, about using their bonus season due to COVID. Our friend uh, Derek Young asked that question. Um, that's another one where until he explained it, I was like, no, bullshit. That's No, I'm calling bullshit. But when he explained it, it made a lot of sense. Whether or not he's had zero conversations – versus uh, at least touching on it may be different. But he really did say that, hey, you could be talking to a player who might have different plans, then all of a sudden if they get injured or they get COVID and they miss a bunch of games in their final season, then they might be wanting to come back. Or you might have someone leave and you might then change your mind on trying to get someone else to come back. So when I heard him talk, maybe he's just a smooth criminal, uh, but I bought into what he was saying. Uh, so what, what do you think? Do you think where on the spectrum? Has he really had no conversations? Has he had some, but nothing definitive, or has he already like built out his depth chart for next year? I mean, I tend to believe him more on this 
subject than <laughs> other things where I think he might be kind of not playing his cards or not showing his cards. I mean, it's really not time to be having those conversations yet. There's going to be plenty of time to have those conversations. And I mean, as a person who is, you know, he's a football coach, they tend to live day to day, play by play, especially that's kind of his mantra, you know, he's probably taking things one at a time. He's probably honestly just thinking about TC right now. So I don't know. I tend to believe him a little bit more, at least in this subject. Definitely. We did get some good news on the injury front. Justin Gardner was playing uh, or practicing on Monday. So the hope is he'll be good to go on Saturday, starting out at one of those corner spots on the teleconference on Monday. He did update everyone. He gave the, they hope Skyler will play news, which, again, we've both kind of called bullshit on. He said Cooper Beebe's day-to-day and uh, Gill is out for the year. So, you know, that's basically what we thought on Sunday outside of the Skyler stuff about uh, they're hoping he can go. Again, we called BS on that. But it was uh, good yeah. to hear that you're going to have gonna have uh, that piece because if Lance Robinson isn't back and if Keandre Thomas isn't back, then all of a sudden you're, you're very skinny at cornerback going into that game. So uh, luckily it sounds like he will be back. There's a lot of high praise for TJ Smith also talked about how bright of a future he will have. Here's my question for you. How bright of a future will he have if he can't figure out how to hit someone <laughs> without possibly going to jail? You know, I rewatched pretty much all those hits and only one of them was like targeting. But, yeah, he's definitely going to have to be instructed to maybe change his uh, technique a little bit. But I love it. I mean, who would have thought that you would see, you know, a true freshman come out with that type of energy and that type of confidence? Um, I feel like the hype is probably a little over the top right now. I mean, we haven't really seen much of him yet other than just him kind of cleaning up plays at the end. But, um I mean, I'm, th- I'm sure he'll get his chance, especially this year. I mean, people are dropping like flies, so he'll, he'll definitely get a chance. Definitely. He also, Briley Moore was brought up. I feel like he's brought up every press conference. And uh, Coach Common said, Briley's so fun to watch. Nothing surprises him anymore. And uh, he, he also said that he works so hard to bring in the correct attitude and mindset and that he quickly became a leader and a big voice for the football team. Um, that surprised me a little bit. You can see his personality come through, but again, you do have a football team that has a lot of contributors and a lot of guys who were captains and were leaders. Um, does it surprise you to hear that Briley Moore came in and instantly became a big voice and a leader on a team as a grad transfer from an FCS school? It's surprising, but I'm sure it comes with, you know, his age and, you know, he's a dad. So he's probably naturally got that leadership built into him. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it is, I guess, a little bit surprising because there are some pretty loud voices already on our team, but, um, it's nice to see that he just fit right in and I pray he comes back. There's no, there's probably less than 1% chance that he does, but considering, and uh, I mean, you know, waiting on the projections, if he's like got a good chance to make some decent money, then obviously I hope he goes, but he would be incredible to have back. I feel like if he's going if anyone is getting a draft grade, no matter where it is, you should go. But selfishly, would love to have him back again. The final thing that I took away from it wasn't the final question, but the big Jay Jernos. They they weren't asking climbing any of the good stuff. He was asked about the fake field goal though, and and to, to a coach's credit, he stuck to it. He said that uh, they've been practicing it all off season. They got the look that they wanted, and they thought they had it. And then he claims that they were only one block away from it being a touchdown. Sadly, the uh, FS1 production team, you didn't really see much of the play. So I can't tell him if he's right or wrong. That seems a little hyperbolic from the head ball coach. But uh, what do you think? He's not wrong. I mean, it was very close to at least getting a first down. Um, But, yeah, Yeah, I mean, it was was, was six yards from picking. Well, what I mean is, like, it was one it was one guy that we just had to clean up and we didn't but i mean i still hate the play i would take the points or if you're going to fake it don't run when it's 10 yards to the short side it just seems like a really low percentage chance of getting it but it worked out in the end yeah it did it's a dub is a dub is a dub and i'll tell you this 
It's time for our game primers, and those are sponsored by Manscaped.com. Listen up, fellas. We have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just – yes, they just released the Weed Whacker, which is a new – your nose and ear trimmer. I need this. I I desperately need this. My nose. Oh, my gosh. I need it for my nose because I will, like, pluck out my nose hair. We better get this for free. I, I hope so. I hope so. Otherwise, I will use our promo code and get it. Uh, or I'll have my mom get it for me for Christmas. But she will use the promo code armchair for 20% off and free shipping. But the Weed Whacker has, you know, great 360 rotary dual blade system, 9,000 RPMs. Look look in the mirror. You see the, see the hair sticking out of those holes? No, can't do that. You can't. It's intelligently designed as well for a trimming experience for your nose and ears listen listen fellas there were thousands of women who were polled 79 percent of them said that long nose hair is a major turnoff major so it's time to upgrade your manscaped routine with the weed whacker go to manscaped.com check out all their life changing products including the boxer briefs and our listeners get 20 percent off free shipping using promo code armchair again 20 percent off free shipping manscaped.com use promo code armchair it's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk and trimming that annoying nose hair. I need it so bad. I do too. It's only 29 bucks, so if you use that, you'll get five, six bucks off. Okay, well, I'm it's not bad. I'm honestly probably going to order it tonight. And I need it. I desperately do need it. My nose it, is it, grotesque. I'm going to. I'm going to order it tonight, and then if I get a free one, I will – We'll do a competition for the boneheads. So our primers are coming. We got two good primers today. I don't always listen to them beforehand, but I did this time. Two good primers. First one, TCU primer coming from our guy Parker Fleming from Football Outsiders and the Purple Theory Podcast. He's a great guy. And then also we got a young gun getting into the game. The K-State primer is from K-State student and K-State online intern over at the Rivals Network, Drew Galloway. Love my guy, Drew. He brings the heat. So you guys are going to want to listen to those primers. And then uh, when we get back, we will talk about what we're going to be looking for in this game. Hello, this is Parker Fleming. You might know me as at StatsOWar on Twitter. I am a Big 12 and TCU college football analyst, and I run a newsletter and podcast called Purple Theory that focuses on the details of TCU football. Um, TCU football this year is kind of an interesting case. They are one and one on the season, although I like to say that they're one and a half on the season. Quarterback Max Duggan was not able to play the first half against Iowa State, and although TCU performed admirably in the second half when he came in, they were ultimately not able to close the gap they had dug in the first half, and they lost that game at home as a result. Um, COVID-19, the novel coronavirus, has affected TCU pretty harshly. TCU had five opening opponents lined up this uh, year and and ultimately um, couldn't play four of them starting their season against Iowa State due to um, some scheduling issues, some logistical issues, some Pac-12 decisions, and then ultimately uh, an outbreak of the, the virus on TCU's campus that resulted in some position groups being not enough to play uh, an entire game. It, it, that's that's kind of been the big the big narrative. The, the key there is, is quarterback Max Duggan, who's a sophomore this year. He, as a result of COVID screening, was diagnosed with a heart condition. There was a lot of uncertainty. The phrase medical retirement was thrown around, but his doctors were able to kind of hone in on what what exactly was wrong. It turned out to be pretty correctable. He um, had a small procedure and is back on the field, albeit with some of those aforementioned conditioning issues. So last week, TCU beat Texas 33-31 at home. That uh, 31 points for Texas includes a, a safety that TCU took as time ran out to just kind of make sure that the game didn't get uh, anything weird there at the end. Um, the major moments from the game really focus around Max Duggan. Um, so there were some defense, uh, there were, there were some defensive plays by TCU that you really want to focus on, but Max Duggan is kind of the bellwether for TCU's offense. And 
He was able to attack downfield. He was able to find space in the open field with his legs. He had two rushing touchdowns. And um, he really showed leadership uh, at the quarterback position that TCU has not had the last couple of years. So the expectations for the season are, are kind of a roller coaster uh, because preseason, who, who knew what was going to happen? TCU brought in uh, Doug Meacham as the um, inside receivers coach and uh, play caller. Doug Meacham was the offensive coordinator back in TCU's kind of heyday, 2014-2015. They also hired Jerry Kill to be the um, kind of offensive coach. And that was a a weird hire, but something that was profoundly interesting from an organizational standpoint. Um, And so there was a lot of uncertainty going in. Who knew what was going to happen? Were they going to be able to design an offense around Max Duggan? And then Duggan was hurt. Expectations went to hell. And ultimately, they have rebounded, leaving TCU fans positive about not just bowl eligibility, which was an issue last year, but about potential competition in the Big 12 race, which is a place that TCU hasn't been for the last couple of years. The um, the strength of this team is kind of twofold. On offense, the wide receiver core is about as scary as TCU's ever had. So they have their kind of traditional death by a thousand cuts receivers, those small fast guys in Tay Barber and J.D. Spielman, who can find open space. You'll see a lot of them in the jet sweep as well. Um, and then they have a, a freshman, Quentin Johnston, who is a big-bodied, fast possession receiver who um, has, has been a really, really good downfield threat for TCU. He has uh, is averaging about 14 yards after the catch um, this season. And so is really kind of this downfield threat that, that, again, TCU hasn't had in the last couple of years. So that's their strength on offense is that wide receiver unit that can just kind of spread you out in a different uh, number of ways. On defense, uh, again, you have to point to the safeties, Trevon Merrick and Ardarius Washington. That entire back seven for TCU is is a really, really strong unit from experienced linebacker Garrett Wallow to cornerback Noah Daniels to up-and-comer linebacker D. Winters. You just have a lot of experience there and a lot of upside. Uh, and so I think that is kind of this, the strength. On the flip side, the, the, the problem for TCU and really the problem that's going to that's going to be most highlighted against Kansas State is going to be the line play. Um TCU's offensive line has been nothing short of abysmal this year and TCU's defensive line has just really failed to find the guys who are going to get a pass rush and so that's kind of been uh an issue this season. Um I think the most important thing for the TCU to win the game, given that Skylar Thompson is is going to be at least limited, if not out, is going to be that pass rush. Can they be disruptive enough to not give uh, Kansas State time on offense to develop their plays? Deuce Vaughn is a great player. TCU notoriously struggles with running backs in the passing game, particularly because of a lack of pressure. So if the defensive ends can get pressure, I think that shouldn't be an issue. But that'll kind of be the big the big overall narrative. I think on offense as well, containing Wyatt Hubert is going to be uh, a problem. TCU struggled with two really good pass rushers this season so far. And so that will be something to watch out for on the other side of the ball as well. Score prediction from this game, TCU has been in the 30s the first two games. I think that's about where they'll stand. Ultimately, it looks like they are going to be the kind of team that is is going to be in close games overall. I think this game will actually be a little bit more higher scoring than the Texas or the Iowa State game for TCU. So give me uh, give me TCU in a very close one. I don't think they'll cover. I think this will end up being something like TCU 41, Kansas State 38 in a surprisingly pointsy game given the history of TCU and Kansas State. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for hearing the TCU perspective. If you'd like to hear more about the TCU perspective, do listen to the Purple Theory podcast. You can find that on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And do follow me at StatsOWar on Twitter. What's up, everybody? My name is Drew Galloway with K-State Online, and I'll be doing the game primer for this week's game against TCU. You can find me on Twitter at Galloway underscore underscore Drew, and on the message board, Drew underscore Galloway underscore 21. K-State is currently 2-1 on the season after beating Texas Tech last weekend 31-21 in Manhattan 
and unofficially ranked number 26 in the AP poll coming into the game this weekend. True freshman running back Deuce Vaughn has burst onto the scene so far this season as he has accounted for 439 yards from scrimmage and has won new Big 12 Newcomer of the Week in back-to-back weeks. Last week's 31-21 victory for the Cats was one of the grittiest wins that K-State has had in the climate era. After a Briley Moore touchdown made it 7-0, Skylar Thompson was injured midway through the second quarter and did not return to the game. In a COVID-19 season truly full of the next man up mantra, true freshman quarterback Will Howard was that next man up and took over and played with remarkable composure the rest of the game. At halftime, K-State led 14-0 after a Deuce Vaughn touchdown run, and it, had, and it marked the first time since 2011 that Texas Tech had been shut out in the first half. After Texas Tech took the lead 21-17 in the fourth quarter, Howard hooked up with grad transfer tight end Briley Moore for a 66-yard pickup to set up a Harry Trotter touchdown to give K-State a 24-21 lead with 10 minutes to go. After Jerron McPherson appeared to seal the game with an interception in the end zone on the t- on the next Texas Tech drive, the Wildcats went 3-and-out, which was followed by a Texas Tech 3-and-out aided by a crucial holding penalty on 4th down. On the final K-State drive of the game, and on the two biggest plays of the game, Courtney Messingham let his true freshman quarterback throw on the biggest third downs of the game, and Howard completed both of them, one of them being the game-clinching touchdown to Deuce Vaughn. This Saturday, look for K-State to try to get the ball to their best playmakers in space against the Horned Frogs. It doesn't look like anybody has been able to match up on Deuce Vaughn man-to-man when he's been split out wide so far this season, and Briley Moore is having one of the best seasons for a tight end at K-State in recent memory, so look for K-State to have a steady diet of Vaughn and Moore on the offense. With that being said, though, the two players that I'm watching out for on the K-State offense this week are Malik Knowles and Trebastian Taylor. With Thompson's health being uncertain at the time of this recording, it becomes even more important that the receiving core, which has struggled this year, finds some success and either gives a nicked-up Thompson or a young quarterback in Howard confidence early on in the game. They are also extremely important this week because TC will likely be looking to take away more or Vaughn which could end up freeing one of Knowles or Taylor, and likely could see both of them get open. On the defensive side of the ball, the two players that I'll be watching out for are both in the front four, and they are Kamari Gaines and Drew Wiley. Gaines has shown a lot of flashes for me in the limited snaps he's gotten because he's either gotten around the tackle or the guard and has caused havoc on third downs and has caused a lot of holding penalties as well. Wiley will be important in plugging up the middle and trying to stop the TCU run game and stopping Max Duggan. For prediction, not knowing Thompson's health situation makes it a hard pick this week, so I'll take TCU 31-27 in a hard-fought game. With Thompson healthy, I think K-State would win this one, but having a true freshman making his first start against the best defensive coach in the conference and on the road scares me away from picking the Cats this week. Once again, this was Drew Galloway from K-State Online, and you can find me on Twitter at Galloway underscore underscore Drew, and on the message board, Drew underscore Galloway underscore 21. And we're back. Thank you again to our good friends, Parker and Drew, for helping us out with those primers. All right, now is the time where we just kind of talk about, you know, what we're looking for in this game. I think uh, what's ironic is we said it a couple times before. No, it is right there at the bottom. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start off with this. Um, we talked about last episode, and again, you know, you're still a few games before you can really start, uh, you know, banging your chest about it and, you know, really starting to daydream about it. But, you know, if you win this game and you want to dream about Arlington, you're sitting at 3-0 and before you have a bye and then the Sunflower Showdown with KU. Uh, at that point, you can really start dissecting schedules and really start crafting out the scenarios. And, again, I originally put this at the bottom of it, but this is really the biggest – part of this game there are no other 
storylines that are bigger. And basically until we lose, there isn't a storyline that is bigger. Again, you are now 33% of the way through the Big 12 season. The two favorites for the conference have already dropped at least one game. Oklahoma has dropped two, and they're playing each other this upcoming weekend. Um, you know, you, you win it, and then, you're, like I said, at the 33% mark, you, you can start talking about it. It isn't crazy. Again, there's a, there's a little element of crazy to it right now. Um, but, I, I, again, you win, and this is what you play sports for. This is why you're a fan is for a chance to hoist a trophy. So, again, that's the biggest storyline of it to me. Um, do you put any of these, like, individual storylines above it, or is it truly like, hey, you find a way to win, and it's time to start scoreboard watching looking at schedules? 100%. I mean, this is an absolutely enormous game. Um, I mean, if we could go to Fort Worth <clears throat> and steal this, I mean, it would be a perfect launch pad for Will Howard, um, assuming it's him going forward. Let's just do that, at least for right now. Um, and then it, it gets you to a bye week, which gives you two full weeks to prepare um, Howard even further. And then you have KU, which is essentially another bye week. So, it's enormous and you could be sitting at four and oh with yes, the uh, two of the biggest uh, contenders will 100% at least have two losses. So um, it's crazy. And it's, there's no bigger story than the game that's next on the schedule. So that's what, that's what it's all about. Um, I'm excited. I'm pretty nervous, um, but yeah, it's enormous. I mean, it, it is the first time in a long time where I have on a Tuesday of game week, where, again, we record this on a Tuesday, we'll drop it on Wednesday, where I'm already like, oh, man, like I'm kind of a little yeah. giddy. I'm like, okay, what, what's going on? Trying to do a, little, do a little research, look into TCU, try to figure out what's going on, taking in as much college football content as I can. And I can't remember the last time I felt like that on the Tuesday of a game. It's been a while. I mean, I might be that KU. Well, last year, I mean, yeah, last year was was pretty fun. I mean, we were sitting at five and two after Oklahoma, and we knew we had a chance to go to six and two against our rivals. And there was so much shit talking. I was freaking out the second Oklahoma was over, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's great. And this kind of excitement is what we've all been missing, and it's kind of been somewhat consistent in the climbing era so far. So. Gotta love it. Yep, gotta love it. So the next thing, who's gonna be playing quarterback? We we talked about it during you know Coach Kleiman's press conference. He's coming out saying Skyler could play as early as Saturday. I'm not buying it one bit, but it is something that you're gonna keep an eye on. I'll be uh, you know subscri subscribed over at KSO. Um, you know, wondering if Derek Young's gonna drop any nuggets. If you're not subscribed over to KSO, do it because you know that's probably where I'm gonna find out if Skyler's truly out or not first. Uh, despite their message boards being absolute poverty and disgusting. But, you know, those are message boards in 2020 anyways. Um, Maybe I'll get banned from there too. No, nah, I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> the next one, uh, how, how will Will Howard handle that TCU defense if it is indeed Will Howard? Again, the TCU defense, you and I talked about it a little bit last night. Um, TCU's defense is not as great as they've been in the past. No, they're not but they are always going to be super creative. They're going to disguise their coverages and blitzes, and we're really going to have to see how Will Howard handles that in his first start and only, you know, what will be his third game of true action. Um, I mean, at least for me, I, w I probably wish it was almost any other team except for TCU. I think there's probably better defenses. But, again, Gary Patterson knows how to disguise. He knows how to scheme. Um, Probably until the ball snapping, you actually start seeing the defense moving. He's not going to have any clue what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on TCU's defense? And, uh, I mean, you tried to calm me down a little bit last night, but, you know, I'm, it didn't really work. Did I? I don't remember. What you, just said that, you just said that they weren't that great. True. I mean, I don't think that they are that great, but – um, you know, outside of the game itself and, you know, the implications that come with this game, Will Howard and going against this defense is definitely the next biggest storyline. I think it's just, I mean, it's going to be a concern. It's going to be a lot to handle for a true freshman with two quarters under his belt. My fear is that we simplify the offense too much, um, which is something we may need to do because we don't have a lot of time and uh, Will Howard hasn't had a lot of game experience, but 
Um, I just fear doing that might be really difficult to create anything offensively for us, but um, you know, who knows? Uh, defense or TCU's defense is known for that creativity and, you know, they're going to throw a lot of different schemes and they typically do have a lot of speed. They still have a lot of speed this year, but it'll be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting. Um, we'll see how, how he, how he handles that first quarter. That will be the key. Get, be alive after the first quarter and we'll see what happens. The next one I have on there is can the wide receivers step up and help them make plays? Uh, outside of that one Malik Knowles grab uh, from Skyler in week one and Deuce Vaughn's catch and run at the end of the game uh, versus Texas Tech, I can't really recall one time where a wide receiver or a pass catcher really makes an outstanding play to bail out uh, the quarterback. Um, you know, it, and honestly, they've hurt the quarterback. I mean, they've had some just yeah. egregious drops. So uh, when you have that young quarterback, you really need them to – I mean, you just really need them to step up and help them out. Uh, do you have any level of confidence that they're going to do that? Because I mean, I don't. I don't have a, I don't have confidence that they will, but they will need to. We're going to have to have, um, you know, some sort of positive and honestly pretty heavy contribution, I think, from the receivers this week. I mean, he's been excellent, but I think it's unlikely Deuce Vaughn will be able to continue to bail us out. Um you know, outside of him and Briley Moore, receivers have to give Howard, you know, some more outlets or it could be, it could be a long day. Cause you know, they're going to, they're going to be keying on, um, on Deuce and they've probably seen plenty of game film on Briley Moore too. So somebody else is going to have to step up to open that up or yeah, I, I just don't see how, cause our running game is not reliable and neither is our line. So it could be ugly, but maybe somebody will step up. Yeah, so the next one I did have was Cam Deuce stay on the loose. TCU has had some issues covering running backs out of the backfield in the passing game. Um, but when that is your number one target, I think they're going to make a priority. I think they saw TCU get burnt. Although, you know, outside, until the final catch, he was pretty quiet in the passing game until the final moment. He did, have, he did get most of his yards running. But, you know. That they'll be keyed in on him. I, I think that it, it'll be a tough day for Deuce, but all of a sudden, if he has another big game, I think you can migrate from talking about just like freshman All-Big 12 and newcomer of the year and freshman All-American status to all of a sudden, I mean, do you need to start talking about actual All-American? Because the, I hope so. I mean, the amount of yards he's getting rushing, receiving, getting into the end zone, I mean – I mean, come back to this. I mean, I'm not going to be on the game review pod, but if he has a big game, I hope you and our special guests for the game review circle back to that little comment and start talking about, okay, is it time to start talking about Deuce as an All-American candidate this year? Yeah, I mean, I hope we are. Um, and I know I said he can't keep bailing us out, but why not? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he had another big game. Um, and TC has been vulnerable to big plays and, you know, that's been Vaughn's specialty so far. I mean, all the guy needs is a yard of space, and he's been able to create, um, you know, big plays, little or bigger chunks of plays. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I anticipate, too, that we clearly – I mean, he got, what, 16 touches against 19. Texas Tech. 19. 19 touches. So, you know, I mean, I anticipate we're going to be looking more and more each game at finding different and creative ways to get him the ball in, in space. So, um, I don't know. I, I mean, we're, we're certainly going to try. So he might have another big game. Yeah. So the next one is can you continue to force turnovers, only force one and a block punt versus tech, which is less than the previous two games. Uh, can you grab an interception or two this week? And I think, I think the importance of that will be similar to how it was versus Oklahoma. I think that any bonus possessions are truly going to be valuable because again, I, I would love to be proved wrong. I hope that you get to dunk on me on Sunday because Will Howard looks like the second coming of, you know, Peyton Manning. That's what I want. I don't yeah, think we're going to see that, um, and I'm worried about that. So if, that, if, if, my, if my hunch is correct, then we're going to need some of those extra possessions. So, you know, that, that, that was the last thing I had. Is there anything I didn't mention in there that you're really going to be keying in on and really looking at? Um, same topic or 
I mean, with, with the general. TCU game. With the TCU game. Um, I, I mean, can we contain Duggan? He's um, – I mean, he's back. He's playing well. I, I'm a little worried that we're – I mean, actually, I think the defensive front four has played pretty well first three games of the year. Um, but I'll, I'll be concerned about – whether or not we contain him when the pocket breaks down because he punished us last year quite a bit. Um, he's a good runner. He's a good improviser when he's flushed out of the pocket. So we're going to have to be extra weary of that. Um, do you think that we'll be able to contain Duggan after a super hot week he had against the Longhorns? Well, spoiler alert, that's uh, part of my keys to be later. So okay. I well, sure we hope we do. Work back I to sh- that. I sure hope we do. So that's really what we're looking for. Again, you know, it, this is a massive one. Um, absolutely gutted I'm, I'm really you know regretting the friend choices I made when I was in second grade um, that, that's causing me to miss this game but you know it is what it is I'll do I'll, I'll be I'll be keeping up with it the best I can and I'll rewatch it especially if it's a win uh, but yeah I, I'm nervous it's 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 wild it's good to feel this again because you know I think we went we went a few years without feeling this uh, at the back end of Snyder's um, tenure so let's just talk about right now let's get into our keys to be if we're going to pull off this game that you know I think uh, as of this morning or afternoon it would be an upset it's a we're seven and a half point dog so this make no bones about this would be a very big upset Um, so if we're going to pull off those upsets we need the keys to be we both have two Grant give me your first my first one is get Howard in rhythm early Um, this is going to be a massive challenge for him if Messingham can, um, you know, get him going and comfortable early in the game with some big plays or just some plays to ex- that he can execute, you know, I think early early success with Howard is going to give us a decent chance at stealing this one. Yeah, mine is, you know, probably not right on line, but you know, if, if Howard gets in early or gets in a rhythm early, it is going to give us opportunities to capitalize uh, on red zone possessions. Once we get inside the 20, it has to be a touchdown. has to be a touchdown once you get inside the 20. Scoring chances might be tough to come by. So when you get the chance, you have to punch it in. Um, Because I I think if you're settling for three, and God forbid coming away from red zone possessions with nothing, um, we're going to lose the game. So capitalize on those red zone possessions. What's your second one? Mine is pretty simple. Continue to turn the ball over. Um, you know, TCU, you said it, we're dogs. This would be an upset. They're the more talented team top to bottom. Uh, we need to turn the ball over and, you know, give our offense more opportunities to score. And, hell, maybe we can block a punt again. Hey, I'll take another block punt. Uh, my final one is contain and hit Max Duggan. Uh, you know, he, he can get out of the pocket. He can score it out there. So you have to contain him. And then when you get the chance, you have to – hit him. I'm not saying dirty. I'm not saying go low. I'm not saying any of that type of stuff. But when you get the opportunity, you got to go after him. You have to, you know, I mean, he's still young. This is his second year. He's a true sophomore. If you rattle him, if you get in his head, we saw what happened to Spencer Radler in the second half versus K-State and even versus uh, Iowa State. If you hit young quarterbacks, they're unsure of themselves and they start to worry and they're, they start seeing ghosts. So if you can make Duggan see ghosts, then you know, you're going to have a shot at winning. I agree. Make them uncomfortable. Yep. yep, I agree. So, of course I agree. I said it. I'm, I need to find new phrases. I think I say, yeah, I agree far too much. Um, just as a filler phrase. Another one of your fillers is uh, definitely. Definitely, and that's wild. Uh, that's, I can't, your tra- I, that's your transition. That's your segue. It is. I need, I need to get better at that. Uh, but you know what I also need to get better at is gambling. But luckily, because we're sponsored by Bet Online, I can get over there and use the welcome bonus armchair for a bonus so I have a little bit more money to wager on. Again, all season long, all sports long, player props, coaches props, live wagering, alternative lines, lines straight up, Anything you could want, they have over at Bet Online. Use promo code Armchair for your welcome bonus. They are the exclusive online wagering partner of the Armchair Media Network. All right, so we're gonna wager said, on the uh, presidential election this year. No, I'm not. I learned my lesson, learned lesson a huh? long time ago. Although, <laughs> I mean, we're not gonna get political. I'd be absolutely shocked if it isn't a blowout win. 
uh, based on the way the polls are going for Mr. Vice President Biden, I would be shocked. But again, I learned my lesson really? last time. I guess oh, I, I guess I haven't shocked. seen any polls. Right? I've tried to. It's I'm just over it. You know, distance myself. You know, I'll vote. That's about all I can do. But I also am just like. Would not be shocked at all if Trump wins again. You know? Oh, I mean, I, I would be shocked. Again, not a political po- podcast. I'm definitely not wagering on it. Um, I've, I've learned my lesson wagering on politics. But, you know, with COVID and the lack of certainty, if games are going to happen, uh, we're definitely not going to pick any games except for K-State. We will give you our K-State scores. Uh, and we will have uh, – we'll, we'll talk about some of the Big 12 games and some national games to wrap us up. But let's just do K-State scores. Uh, Grant, I, I need to hear it. What are you predicting outcome-wise? Uh, are, are you going to ride the hot hand and go with the Cats? I wish. I don't feel too good about this. Um, I've got TCU 21-10 to 10 final score. Um, cool. I think it's just going to be an offensive struggle. Um, and they might they might score more than that. But I think – I don't expect them to, like, put up a lot of points. Um, I just feel uncomfortable. I I could I could see it turning out like Oklahoma State last year on the road where we just can't get anything going. Um, we're confused by their defensive sets, especially now. Um, I don't feel good about it. I hope I'm wrong, but I have TCU winning and covering. Yeah, so do I. This is not a very optimistic podcast. Both primers had uh, TCU, albeit most both closer. Both of them had K-State covering. But I have TCU 27, K-State 13. I just I, – I think Blake Lynch will get us a couple field goals. I think we'll punch one in. I'm just – I just – I think – I just the, have no confidence in us moving the ball, really. I, yeah. I don't know. We're going to have to get really creative. And we say this now, and we're just going to – our line's going to have the best game of the year, and we're yeah, going to run for 300 oh. yards. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't feel confident. 27-13, what did we lose to – 26-13 last year at Oklahoma State. Is that so, what the final score was? 26-13, I, I think. Oh, my gosh. 26-10. Something like that. But it just I, felt like way more. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's – yeah, we scored late. That that game was, like, pretty much – That was just a Not close at all. Um, I, yeah, I certainly don't feel good about it. Maybe we'll be wrong. Um, I mean, you know, there's a lot of encouraging things that we can kind of lean on. We have been explosive – Somehow this year, um, you know, Howard did kind of prove that he's got the stones to step up. So we'll see. We'll see. But, yeah, I don't feel good about it. No, I, I don't either. So uh, those, those are our, uh, the game prediction for the K-State game. Uh, real quick, two Big 12 games just to chat about real quick. Red, Red River rivalry, OU versus Texas. This is a Big 12 championship elimination game. I don't see either one of these schools being able to overcome a loss in this one. Um, Quite frankly, OU might already be eliminated, but if they ran the table, uh, I think there's a chance uh, just in this crazy year with a tiebreaker over Texas and Oklahoma State, they could still get into it. If Texas loses, I don't see see Texas getting in. Um, I'd give them two losses. Um, OU's trying to avoid a three-game losing streak. I think they're favored by a point and a half, which honestly, again, I understand everyone's down OU. I think that's the correct spread. Uh, We're not doing anything in an official capacity, but uh, would you be surprised at any specific outcome of this game? I have no idea what's going to happen. I think OU bounces back probably. If I was forced to place a bet on it, um, I would would pick OU to win, but – I mean, both coming off losses. I mean, it would be ama- – I think, I mean, it would be obviously great. Who do you want to win, OU? Because that would leave both of them with two losses. Um, and OU is clearly – they're both super vulnerable. Um, so – but I have no idea. I think it's going to be a super entertaining affair. Yeah, I think it will be entertaining. You definitely want Oklahoma to win that because, again, if we're talking, you know, long game and, again, uh, we're, we're 2-0 and I get yeah. it, but if you were trying to manufacture the best case scenario of K-State making it to Arlington, OU winning that game and assuring both those teams have two losses, and then K-State with the chance to have a tiebreaker over both of those, 
uh, than in losing to TCU, you could still daydream. Again, you lose yeah. to TCU, I'm not going to bring it up unless all of a sudden uh, you can stay perfect until you play Oklahoma State. Then I'm willing to have that conversation if you beat KU and West Virginia. I'm willing to at least bring it back up in the buildup to Oklahoma State. But, um, you know, if, you know if, if Texas wins it, though, I think Texas still has the inside track to getting to Arlington despite their disappointment. Um, the only other game in the Big 12, Texas Tech versus Iowa State. Can Tech bounce back from two straight upset bids that they fall short and, short and probably feel they should have won? I, I bet you Texas Tech fans are sitting around thinking they should be 2-0 in the conference. Um, and then they have Iowa State. It's Brocktober, which makes me want to throw up, and they're probably high off their own supply after beating Oklahoma. Can Texas Tech bounce <laughs> back and uh, get, fit, finally finish off an upset? I mean, I hope so. It would be nice to see Iowa State drop some games. Um, although, you know, if they did become successful, I would probably hate them less because – Really? I would, I would hate them half, so much more. Half of the reason that I hate them so much is their unwarranted attention that they get for being average to below average every year. So if they actually started to walk the walk, then I would at least be able to respect them. But – I mean, I, I think that would, I, it would make it fun. I mean, it would make it really fun because I think we're going to be just getting better each year, and I'd I mean, love that, to battle them. We're going to beat them anyways. It doesn't matter how fucking good they are. We will. No, beat them. I I agree with you. I I would hate them more only because then it would get louder. They would um, be more annoying. They would because be here's the thing: the national media is already there. Just imagine if they start performing, how much they'd be fellatiating Matt Campbell if he actually starts winning stuff of notoriety. Yeah. Well. Well, well, he would have earned it, right? I don't care. I'm still going to hate it. Still but it's, hate it's it. fine. They'll always be in our shadow. I sure hope so. So, uh, we'll also just highlight two national games we'll have our eye on. What's the first national game you'll be having an eye on on Saturday? I've got Georgia-Tennessee, um, number three versus number 14. Interesting to see how, you know, Georgia follows up a pretty dominant rivalry win. Um, and I want to see if Tennessee's made any tangible – process or progress speaking of georgia a little teaser for our free play friday episode we're going to have the uh father of the armchair media network uh andrew stevens he's going to come on kind of talk about the journey that was starting armchair and uh we'll probably try to force him to say good things about us even though he's never listened to our show ever since we signed on uh so that that'll be a fun show and he's a georgia bulldog fan and they got some sexy black uniforms um, my, the, the first game I'm going to watch, both mine are in the ACC, but the first one is Virginia Tech versus North Carolina. Ranked matchup. These are teams that are truly fighting for that third position in the ACC on the go forward, um, especially outside of this year when Notre Dame goes back to being an independent. They're really trying to fight for that number three spot in the pecking order in the ACC. And, again, I think uh, the fact that they didn't have a lot of non-conference games and it's – they're only playing each other. I think the ACC is going to be far overinflated this year. But, again, it's a, you know, big-time ranked matchup for this year. I want to see – honestly, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be pulling for Mac Brown, North Carolina. I've always liked Mac Brown, even when he was at Texas. So, I'd like to see what he could really do at North Carolina, how high he can get them. So, that's the first national game I'll be watching. What's I think North Carolina has some of the most underrated – underrated uniforms i love their football unis i like their football um, unis as well uh but real quick if we're talking underrated football uniforms i said this on twitter i think we've said on the podcast before stay in acc country uva so yeah those are solid those are really, really solid really love all their uniforms this just jog or whatever jogged my memory um i don't think we answered this but chef asked a question where do texas tech oh, yeah. uniforms land last i fucking hate their uniforms oh I, no not the big 12 last. not last who's who's better fucking ku wearing those gross silver numbers with their blue the I only thought, re- ku has well, they have a bunch alternates. of combos they have a bunch KU. of combos but but all their base ones suck because their, their whites are fine their whites are fine they finally ditched the mis- mismatch logos on their helmet which made them better but they're Home blue uniforms with those gross silver metallic numbers are disgusting. And the stupid Jayhawk, uh, like, patch, like, on, on the shoulder, 
or not on the shoulder, on the chest plate. No, gross. Texas Tech, I actually thought that their uniforms last week were fine. They have some decent throwbacks. Um, they're not. Them. They're not. I, I hate them. I they're think probably ninth. I, I mean, think Under Armour is my like Under least Armour's favorite gross. in general. Under Armour's and gross. KU's ten. Uh, we'll go Tech nine, TCU eight. Uh, I was no, no. The, well, the reason why I don't like TCU is because their nameplates overtake some of the detail with the neck design, uh, and that just bugs me. They would be a lot higher if they didn't have nameplates. Uh, but I like the red detailing. I don't know. That that might be a question that we have to get into. Yeah, Shad. we don't have to run through all these. Yeah. I just Shad. fucking hate Texas yeah. Tech You're and fine. all of You're their fine. uniforms, especially uh, basketball. Oh, my God. Oh, basketball. No, no, no. Time out. Basketball, so bad. garbage, garbage. Although, did you see the leaked KU uniform, the, their new basketball jerseys on Twitter? I missed it. Their so Adidas is trying to do that logo uh, design that Nike's been doing for a few years, and it just looks gross. It looks out of place. Horrible neck. Oh, deep, I'm looking deep, at it now. Yeah, just it looks like I don't even know. It looks like I think a practice it, top. It works. I, I I think it works for the Nike schools. I wish K State had those. Uh, I think it works, but whatever. Uh, but Chef Chef uh, ask us to do our power rankings of. Big 12 football uniforms for the October Q&A when it comes around. We'll do all 10. So what is your second national game that you might be having an eye on Saturday? Same one as you, Miami-Clemson, um, mainly because I just want to see Clemson absolutely dismantle Miami. I don't think they're anywhere near back. Can't stand that program, to be honest. Really? I, I like – if you're I – mean, I, I mean, I don't love them, but I, it would be good for college football if Miami decided to come back really play up being the villains again i, I like the idea of their like late 90s early 2000 squads but now i just uh, i don't know it doesn't it doesn't appeal to me anymore maybe I mean, if they get if they get rid of adidas maybe that'll bring me back well i mean i'm starting to get really tired of clemson mainly because i hate Dabo. i think Dabo. is if you want, if you want to talk very about fraud, annoying I mean, Dabo's yeah. a good coach, but him as a human being, he's a fraud, but that's fine. Uh, but, yeah, so those are the national games we'll be watching. Tweet us in what games you're really going to be tuned into on Saturday. That's all we got, folks. Um, so, like, thank you so much, everyone listening. Thank you to everyone who helped us with the primers. Um, tweet us in your keys to be. Let's get a little interaction going on Twitter today. I'll let Grant reply to all of them since he can't use his own Twitter account. So, Tweet at the Bosco's Boys account. Let let Grant have some uh, Twitter interaction. He'll he'll reply to everyone. Nice. No, I don't. I don't want to. Okay. Never mind. It's nice. Grant but, uh, tweets Twitter forever. But still, tweet us in. Let, let let's interact. Uh, you know, if Grant doesn't use the account to reply, I will. Surprisingly, I don't have any meetings on Wednesday. Maybe I just jinxed myself and stuff. Or stuff's gonna pop up. But you know, I'll be a bad boy and I'll uh, I'll reply to your tweets. So. We love you guys. Check out Bet Online promo code armchair, Manscaped, promo code armchair. Trim your nose hairs. I love you guys. Uh, that's all I got. Grant, say whatever you want, and then I'll stop recording. Send your prayers. Send your positive vibes, your positive juju to Will Howard this week. Everybody, dare to dream. Dare to dream. We have a big-ass game this week, so it's exciting. Meet me at the Cat Head. Some lost ghost, some bright days, no face on your young head. Peace of wheat in your teeth, carrying water. Yeah.
Social Podcast Network.